This is Pastor Andrea Ellis, and I just want to personally welcome you to the Destiny Faith Church podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I trust the word of God will inspire you. So please open your heart and enjoy the word. Again, welcome, welcome, welcome to Worship Wednesday. Worship Wednesday takes us, ushers us into the presence of the Lord. We've been talking about the person of the Holy Spirit, my very best friend friend, my best friend, the person of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to carry us a little bit further talking about glistening with glory. As I was in my spot, the Holy Spirit dropped this thought on my heart from 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. It says, but we are with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. Would you just shout glory? The glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. That's the King James Version. In the voice translation, it reads this way. I love this. It says, now all, now all of us with our faces, faces unveiled, listen, reflect the glory of the Lord, would you shout glory? As if we are mirrors. So we are being transformed, metamorphosized into his same image from one radiance of glory to another, just as the spirit of the Lord accomplished it. We've been talking about the glory of the Lord. We've been talking about the the ruach, the cloud, the glory, the mesmerizing presence, how all of the different icons, all of the different types, all of the different symbols of the Holy Spirit are revealed to us so that we understand who God is. And at the revelation of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God for us, God with us, and God in us, we will respond appropriately by means of worship. Oh, God, I said a thing right there. I want you to get a revelation that your faith is not complete at all without praise and worship. And your praise and your worship should affect, it should touch every facet of your life. We went to Genesis. We saw the Holy Spirit hovering in Genesis chapter 1. We saw chapter 2, how God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life, the ruach, and man became a living being or a speaking spirit. In that same passage of scripture, he strategically set, positioned man in the Garden of Eden, which represented his mesmerizing, captivating presence. We were not supposed to take our eyes off of him because we're created in his image and in his likeness. We're supposed to reflect his image. We're supposed to reflect God's image. We're supposed to reflect the image of God in this earthly realm. We're actually supposed to be walking around 
glistening with glory. Let me read Matthew chapter 17. I'm picking up verses 1 through 8, but I'm just going to pick up excerpts of this passage of scripture for the sake of time, and I'm reading this from the Passion Translation. I read from different translations, one that I believe will give us quick understanding and quick revelation. The Holy Spirit is given the third person of the Godhead. He's just as viable as the Father, just as viable as the Son, but the Holy Spirit gives us illumination. He gives us revelation, and as a result of the revelation and the illumination, then we respond with praise and worship. Praise and worship brings him on the scene so that we can behold him. We shall behold him in all of his glory, all of his majesty, and all of his splendor. Talking about glistening with glory. Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 8 in the Passion Translation. Again, I'm just going to pick up some excerpts here. It says, Jesus took Peter and two brothers, Jacob and John, and hiked up the high mountain to be alone. Then Jesus' appearance was dramatically altered. A radiant light as bright as the sun poured from his face. And his clothing became luminescent, dazzling like lightning. Listen to this part. And he was transfigured before their eyes. I'm dropping down a little bit. But while Peter was speaking, a bright, radiant cloud, a bright, radiant cloud, a bright, radiant cloud spread over them, enveloping or enveloping them all. Remember, the cloud is one of the emblems or symbols or icons of the Holy Spirit. Just like we learn the names of God and the different names of Jesus, we learn by the symbols and the emblems of the Holy Spirit who he is. And that revelation of who he is reveal the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When the Godhead is revealed, we get a revelation, we get an aha of the Godhead, God for us, God with us, and God in us. The appropriate response is worship. Welcome to Worship Wednesday. But while Peter was still speaking, a bright, radiant cloud, another emblem of the Holy Spirit, spread over them, enveloping them all. And God's voice suddenly spoke from the cloud. Do you understand that the Holy Spirit speaks for God? The Holy Spirit's voice is the voice of God. The voice of God suddenly spoke from the clouds saying, this is my dearly loved son, the constant focus of my delight. Listen to him. And the three disciples were dazed and terrified by this phenomenon. And they fell face down to the ground. But Jesus walked over and touched them saying, get up and stop being afraid. Most of the time when we talk about the person of the Holy Spirit, we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, but we're not talking about the personality of the Spirit. We're not, we're talking about what the Spirit can do for us without getting to know him. Listen to me, just like we know the Father, just like we know the Son, we need to know the person of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me, when we know the person of the Holy Spirit, intimately, 
when we know that we know him, when we have a revelation and we have illumination, listen, we won't be afraid to prophesy. We won't be afraid to lay hands on the sick. We won't be afraid to, to do all of the things that God invested in us. The same stuff that was in Jesus is in us. Listen to me, God with us, God for us, and God in us. Jesus was not afraid of the Holy Spirit leading him. Jesus being led in the wilderness by the Spirit, he wasn't even afraid of the wilderness because if he knew the Spirit took him there, the Spirit was going to bring him out with all power. Listen to me. When we get a revelation of the person of the Holy Spirit, we will not be afraid. You don't have to be afraid of being alone. You don't have to be afraid of being broke. You don't have to be afraid of being betrayed. When you know the person of the Holy Spirit. This passage of scripture is talking about Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Transfigure means to change in form, particularly to supernaturally change in appearance. Transfigure means to be charged with the glory, with the splendor, and with his radiance. Peter, being an eyewitness of his majesty, said this, for he received from God the Father Honor and glory. Would you shout glory? glory? When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That's Second Peter chapter 1, verse 17. God affirms the deity of Jesus Christ in his divine essence. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. Christ in you. The hope of glory. The same glory. It ain't no different glory. The same glory by means of the Holy Spirit that rested on Jesus. When you get a revelation, that same glory is supposed to rest on you. Remember, Jesus said, these works I do, greater works you're going to do. Why? Because he was with you. Jesus was with you, but the Holy Spirit is in you, and 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 in you. So all of the things that we saw Jesus do, we're all, oh, good God Almighty, we're supposed to do it by means of his glory. We've reduced the person of the Holy Spirit to just having good church. And don't we have good church? And I love good church. But the glory is supposed to take us out of the four walls of the church. And the glory is supposed to affect our cities and our states and our nation and the world. Listen to me. You're supposed to be a world changer. You are as a result of his glory. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Stop thinking small of yourself. The devil's whole goal is to make you feel small like what you're doing is insignificant. 
I talked about when I went to the zoo. I'm praising the Lord. The animals start praising the Lord. People were cracking up. Woo-hoo-hoo. She think her praises caused the animals. Yes, I do. And you should too. Your worship brings the, the weighty presence of God on the scene. Not just so you can have goosebumps and cry. So that you can see yourself in his glory and take that whole glory and change your world. Come on, come on, come on. Take a side journey real quick. I remember when the pandemic hit in China. And it was on the news all the time and CNN and we saw all it was so horrific and didn't our hearts bleed and didn't we feel bad? And I really felt bad, and I felt very sorry for the people in China. Then we got a case in Detroit. Oh, gee, oh, wait now. So I started, it, it hit close to home. Now, I felt badly about it when it was in China, but that was way over there in China. But Detroit was real close to me. And as badly as I felt about it, as badly as I obsessed over it, the Holy Spirit posed the question to me. He said, when did you pray for China? Gulp. I had to swallow deeply. And it, it broke my natural heart. Because as much compassion that I had, it didn't get real till it came to me. Now you might say, what was your little prayer going to do? It was going to do something because when I pray, every day I pray. Every day, God answers. When you have a revelation of God with you, God for you, and God in you. It takes you into the presence of God when you understand it, when you get an illumination that I just don't pray just to be saying something. When I pray, things are supposed to happen. When I lay hands on the sick, people are supposed to recover. The devil wants you to feel like what you're doing is insignificant and it's not. Everything that you do is supposed to change your world. You're supposed to be transfigured, changed from one form to another as a result of the revelation of his glory, his mesmerizing, captivating presence. It's mind-blowing how the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit work so seamlessly together. How united they really are. Christ in you. Come on, Christ in me, say it. The hope of glory. Why are we downtrodden? Why are we stressed out? Why are we depressed? Because we don't believe it. How do I get to believe in it? I got to get into praise and worship. I've got to usher in the glory cloud. 
When I usher in the glory cloth, I'm seeing his mesmerizing, captivating presence. Remember, when I worship, it's not just one way. He comes to see about me. When I please his heart, he comes to please my heart. There's a reciprocation that goes on in my worship. Listen to me. Praise and worship is not just what I do. It's who I am. And God pitches a tent. He indwells. He he abides in the praises and the worship of his children. Listen to me. True worship takes me from the gates to the courts. True worship allows me to come boldly to his throne to obtain mercy and find grace to help. In the time of need. Grace to help me? Oh, hallelujah. But it doesn't stop with me. Listen to me. You're supposed to be a world changer. Come on, come on, come on. You should be glistening with glory. Jesus lived this earthly life to show you how to live your earthly life. Listen to me. The same spirit that led Jesus is the same. It's not a different spirit. It's the same spirit that leads you. Why do we just trust the spirit for good church when I have a whole life outside of the church? And I'm supposed to take this glory outside of the church and change the world outside of the church. You just ought to be glistening with glory. Let me take you a little further. Give me a little time. Just give me just a moment. I got to lay this down. I got to lay it down to you. We don't have a lot of time together throughout the week, do we? And then I don't even have everybody here. But while I have you here, can I help you? Can I help you to see? Remember, we said we're supposed to change from glory to glory. It's a process from one station of glory to the next. It's a process, and I got to stay in the process. How do I stay in the process? I can't stop worshiping him. I can't stop magnifying him regardless of what I'm facing. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. And when I magnify him, when I lift him up higher than the situation and the circumstance, then I see with an unveiled face as if I'm looking in a mirror the glory of the Lord. The writer says, the glory came on them like a cloud. Here's the person of the Holy Spirit. When you see the Father, when you see the Son, inevitably you will see the Holy Spirit. Just a couple of excerpts. I'm, li- I'm literally almost finished. <clears throat> Psalm number 34. Thank you, ma'am. I'm, I'm just going to pick up a piece of it for the sake of time. I'm reading this from the, I think it's the, I think it's the voice translation. It says, Lord, I'm bursting with joy over what you've done for me. Now listen to me. There's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is based on what happened. Ooh, I got an unexpected manifestation. Ooh, you get it. Joyous comes from knowing something. I can have the joy of the Lord, and that joy will give me strength in any situation that I may find myself 
end. Lord, I'm bursting with joy over what you've done for me. My lips are full of perpetual praise. I'm boasting of you and all your works. So let all who are discouraged take heart. Listen to me. Verse, or stanza three. Join me, everyone. Let's praise the Lord together. Let's make him famous. Let's make his name glorious to all. Listen to my testimony. I cried to God in my distress, and he answered me. Listen, he hears and answers. He hears and answers. He hears and answers. He freed me from all my fears. Stanza five. Gaze upon him. How? In my worship. In my praise, the Holy Spirit reveals him to me. He floods the eyes of my understanding with light. And I begin to know, discern, step into the hope of my calling in him. Gaze upon him. Join with your life. Join your life with his. And joy will come. Here's the part I've been trying to get to. Your faces will glisten with glory. Where's the lie? Your faces will glisten with glory. Jesus' face glistened with glory as a result of the person of the Holy Spirit. Your face will glisten with glory as a result of the person of the Holy Spirit too. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one in name, aim, and purpose. When you see the Father, you see the Son, and you see the Holy Spirit. God for you, God with you, and God in you. You'll never wear that shame face again. I got to read the next stanza, part of it anyway. It says, when I had nothing, desperate and defeated, I cried out to the Lord and he heard me bringing his miracle deliverance when I needed it most. The deception of the devil is your praise and worship ain't going to change nothing. Your prayer ain't going to work. You need everybody to be with you. Pastor Andrea could get a prayer through. You can't. Pastor Andrea can pray. That's a bold-faced lie. Your prayer works. Your praise works. Your worship works. And you should be captivated by means of the revelation, by the person of the Holy Spirit, God with me, God for me, and God in me. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Glisten means to sparkle, shine, glare, glow, to illuminate. In today's vernacular, to be lit, to reflect light. Whose light? Whose light am I reflecting? According to Psalm number 104, stanzas 1 and 2, the Lord is clothed in splendor, clothed in majesty, and light, clothed in glory. He's clothed. Listen to me clothed in glory, arrayed in splendor, great and mighty is he. Here's my definition of glory. My definition of glory. Glory is his divine presence, splendor, magnificence, majestic brightness, luster, grandeur, authority, sovereignty, delight, honor, divine essence, or Shekinah. You've heard that term, Shekinah, Glory, Shekinah describes the weightiness, the heaviness of his visible, divine, brilliant light of his express 
presence, listen to me, the dwelling, the settling presence of God. The Shekinah. I remember years, years ago, I was in a church service. We were all in one accord worshiping, and I saw a cloud rolling into the church. And as the cloud enveloped all of us, it was just like my, my knees couldn't stand up. That's what happened when I met the glory of God, the, Chicago, the weightiness of his presence. That's why you see people fall out. Because the weightiness of God's presence, they cannot stand to their feet. As we continue these lessons and we learn more about the person of the Holy Spirit, we'll begin to see manifestations of the Spirit. We don't have to drum up a manifestation. We will see, as a revelation, we will see the manifestations of the spirit. I remember the children were young. We had all night prayer. Pastor Tim and I was sitting on the last one, the back of the, the corner of the church with the kids in the pajamas stretched down on the pews. We came up to the altar. I believe that they were, uh, the pastor was laying hands on married couples or what have you. And as the, the present, the glory of God hit us, we're walking back to our seat, trying to walk back normal, but honest to God, I thought somebody tilted the ground because we couldn't even walk straight anymore. What was it? We met the glory of God. When you meet the glory of God, manifestations of power will happen. There needs to be manifestations of power, not just in the church, but in your house. When you go, when you go to the mall, when the spirit directs you, you can lay hands on somebody and then you can speak up, you can get somebody saved. Listen to me, you are supposed to be a world changer because you're supposed to be glistening with glory. I'm, I'm closing, I'm closing, I'm closing. Second Chronicles chapter 5 verses 13 to 14 in the King James Version. We're going to talk about how the priests couldn't stand as a result of the Shekinah. We, a lot of times, we use a lot of church terms, and we don't talk, we don't explain what it means. And then we churchy, and people acting like they know what you're talking about, they have no idea. I'm trying to tell you this term Shekinah is is a, a, a revelation of the weightiness of his presence, his glory, his splendor, that, that presence that dwells with you and dwells for you and dwells in you. It says, and it came to pass as the trumpeters and singers were all one, which means in one accord, to make one sound. So that means they were together, they were harmonious, they were in unison. To make one sound, to be heard and praising and thanking the Lord today, uh, TJ kept that one note going. I don't know if you understood that one note, and it was just like, hmm, after the worship, and it was just one note going. Do, do you understand that the Holy Spirit dwells with, so as long as that one note is still playing, and one accord, the Spirit is still moving. The spirit is still hovering. Get a revelation. Listen to me. The spirit is always at work for you. The spirit is never taking a break. Talking about I'm on lunch break. The spirit is always listen. The spirit is always moving for you. Always moving for you. Always moving for. Always move. Listen. Always 
moving for you. Get a revelation for you. If you were the only person on the planet, he's still moving for you. Why? You're supposed to be glistening with glory. Listen to me. You are supposed to be a world changer. You're supposed to speak forth. Whatever you prophesy must come to pass. Get a revelation. When you get a revelation, who would not worship Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity, the three are one in name, aim, and purpose. Let's read it right here. As they were on one accord, one sound to be heard and praising, I'm closing, and thanking the Lord. When they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and with the cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. That then the house was filled with a cloud. There's the emblem, there's the icon, there's the symbol of the Holy Spirit. As we walk through the Bible, you will see the Holy Spirit at work in all 66 books. We think the Holy Spirit just showed up on the scene in the book of Acts. He was in the book of the beginnings. And he will be with you and shall be in you. Get a revelation. I'm closing. This is my second call. Third close. I got two more. Get a revelation. The one accord worship Please the Father, so much so, the Holy Trinity, so much so that the Holy Spirit indwelled their presence. Pitch the tent in their presence. The Holy Spirit sat down, rested, stayed, abode in their presence. What do you think happens when you worship? The Holy Spirit sits down. He pitches the tent in the midst of your worship. When praises go up, come on, it's a principle that we have to have a revelation. When we have a revelation, we will respond. And the appropriate response is our worship. The Holy Spirit indwelled their presence like a thick, heavy cloud. The Shekinah. The weightiness, the heaviness of his visible, divine, brilliant light of his expressed presence. Remember the dwelling, settling presence of God, which was so powerful. Listen to me. The priest could no longer stand to minister, and they were thrown to the floor. Remember Pastor Tim and I trying to walk, and we were just staggering off. Because honest to God, it felt like somebody tilted the ground. I'm steady trying to walk straight. I'm steady tilted over. It was the glory of the Lord. When the glory meets, we will see manifestations of power. We don't never have to drum up nothing. We don't have to drum up a move of the spirit. When I'm in my praise and in my worship with God, the glory causes manifestation in my life so that I glisten with glory. Why? Because you're supposed to be a world changer. The 
the Holy Spirit asked me, he said, when did you pray for China? I couldn't do it. I just get choked up every time I think about it. Because I was obsessing over it. But you know how we think, oh, what, what my little prayer going to do? A whole lot. Because prayer changes things every day I pray. Every day God answers. What's my worship going to do? Bring the manifestation of the presence of the almighty God on the scene so that I can effectuate a change in the whole wide world. I shouldn't just be worried about my car note, my house note, and my husband, and my this and my that. My focus should be changing the whole wide world. Come on, you remember when you were a little child before you got contaminated? You just knew you were going to change the world. You knew you could be a president, an astronaut, or any. You didn't know that. But over time, people begin to contaminate you and make you think that you're not who you are. You're created in God's image. You're created in God's life. And the Holy Spirit is moving. God with you. God for you. God in you. You're supposed to be a world changer. Come on. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Faith is the substance of things. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Talking about the wind, the roar, the cloud, the delight, the mesmerizing, captivating presence. That's an icon of the person of the Holy Spirit to reveal Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And my response is true worship. Get a revelation in my true worship. Remember, Jesus transfigured on the mountain. Remember, the priest couldn't even stand because of the cloud of glory. Listen to me. That same glory is on you to effectuate a change in your life, in your finances, in your family, but so that you can be a world changer. Last scripture, and I'm out. Moses chapter 33, verse 18. Moses, see, Moses wasn't born a slave. He was born in the palace. He had some identity about himself. I said he was not born a slave. He was born in the palace. He was raised in the palace, I should say. Raised in the palace. So he didn't have a slave mindset. Like my, what I say can't work. He, when he spoke, stuff happened. Come on! It is a slave that thinks when I speak ain't nothing gonna happen. It is a slave that thinks, I can't get out of it. I can't do better. I can't, I can't. That's a slave mentality. You're not a slave. You're a son. <laughs> Moses thought differently from slaves. So in verse 18, I think it, it is, he said, please, talking to God, show me your glory. The slaves were like, Moses, go talk to God for us because we, we're not trying to see him. But Moses was like, show me your glory. I want to see your glory. Listen to me. When you're a son, I wish my sons and daughters would come crawling. And I, please, please, master, I would knock them out and then stand them back up. You don't come groveling to me and begging me, my son, my daughter, my grandchildren. No, you come up to me bold and ask for whatever you want. Whatever you have need of, and as long as I have the capacity to do it, I'm going to meet your need. And listen, where my capacity ends, I'm going shaking trees to find more capacity. Am I making faith to anybody? He wasn't a slave. His mindset wasn't that of a slave. The slaves didn't want to see God. They said, you talk to him, you talk to him for us, Moses. We ain't trying to see him. 
But Moses said, show me your glory. I know that you're the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end and everything in between. I know that you're the I am. I know that you have all power and all might. Show me your glory. See, y'all almost feel like that's audacity. God wants you to have that audacity so that your praise and worship brings him on the scene. Listen to me. He want, what, the, what did he put the man? He put the man in his mesmerizing, captivating presence. He didn't hide the man in a cave and make Adam grovel for his presence. He met Adam every single day in the cool of the day. When Adam didn't show up, he was like, where are you at? You're supposed to be in my presence. Come on, would you get a revelation? You are supposed to be in his presence. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God for you, God with you, and God in you. When you speak, stuff is supposed to happen. When you pray, things are supposed to change. Come up in here. Moses had a passionate plea for God's glory. He wasn't begging for his provision. We too busy begging for provision. Master, please pay my car. I got a car note due, Jesus. We're too busy begging for what he's already given. The writer said, never have I seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. You don't have to beg God for anything. When we go to begging, that demonstrates that we really don't trust him. Please, oh, please, Jesus, oh, please, please, ma, please, sir, massa, please, ma. You don't go to God like you're a slave. You go to God like you're a son. And it's mesmerizing, captivating presence. God said, oh, no, Moses, you can't handle this glory. I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock. Then I'm going to put my hand over you, which is another type of the Holy Spirit, the hand of God and the finger of God. I'm going to put my hand over you, and my glory is going to pass you by. The cloud, the ruach, the wind, the breath, the presence, the weighty presence of God, his splendor, his majesty, all of that's going to You can see the tail end of it. You can see the backside of it because you really can't handle it. All you can handle is the residue of my greatness. In verse, 30, uh, verse 8 of 34, Moses made haste when he saw just the residue of his presence. He made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. That's the proper response to the revelation of his glory the revelation of the cloud, the revelation of the Ruach, the revelation of who you were made. You were made in that same image. You were made in that same likeness. Remember, Jesus transfigured. He was illuminated. Remember, the priest couldn't even stand under his presence. And we see the proper response. Moses bowed his head to the earth and worshipped. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God, for you, God with you, and God in you. The proper response 
to the revelation by means of the person of the Holy Spirit is worship. Come on, this is Worship Wednesday. The reason why we don't worship the way we feel it, we don't want nobody looking at us. We're concerned with how it's going to sound to somebody else. We don't want people to see us cry. We don't want our makeup messed up. We don't want to get musty. We don't want to sweat our clothes off. We don't want to sweat. We're so worried about ourselves instead of being in his mesmerizing, captivating presence. My worship brings him on the scene. And when God comes on the scene, remember you, uh, Uzziah said, I seen the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. You're supposed to see him high and lifted up and his train should fill the temple. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You should have some gumption about you that when you pray, every day I pray, every day God answers. This is my year of manifestation. This is my year of life defined. This is my year. This is my year of healing. This is my year of divine relations. This is my year of divine. This is my year. And you say it with full conviction because the glory of the Lord causes you to glisten. Not just so that you glisten, so that you can be a world changer. Every head bowed, every eye closed and prayer. I trust that word blessed your life. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And I want you to know that at Destiny Faith Church, we're more than a church. We're a family.